0: Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations. You know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. I want to talk a little bit about experiences we all go through as moms in case you are wondering am I normal is this normal am I the only one well honey I'm here to tell you you are normal it is you're not the only one and I want to share what i mean by that okay because i love you all and i feel like as moms we all live in these little isolated bubbles of our houses and we're all just doing our days in like dealing with the crap that comes with motherhood don't get me wrong motherhood super great blessing i feel extremely blessed it's the greatest gift of my life it is the most work i've ever done in my life um and it's hard And I want you to know if you're wondering, is this normal? I'm going to let you know that it is. I was inspired to talk about this from two people. One, a mom, a pretty famous mom on TikTok, like TikTok famous, um, who walks around her house and like tries to make you feel good about her, yours by how messy it is. If you're like an avid mom talker, like if you're on mom TikTok, you probably have seen her. And two, I was in... One of the pods on the peanut app, and we were talking, and I was like, wow, we are all doing the same thing. So, one, if you love your career, like love your career, love your job, and you get up and go to work every day because you love your job, that doesn't make you a bad mom. That makes you a great mom. You are showing your kid. What it's like for a woman to pursue her passions and to do her job. And you're a great mom. If you are a stay-at-home mom and your house at the end of the day is still a mess. Like you've been home all day, but you didn't vacuum. The dishes aren't done. The laundry's been sitting for a week. That's normal. You want to know why it's normal? Because despite the fact you stay at home and maybe don't contribute financially, I'm talking straight stay-at-home moms, not work-from-home moms. I'll get to us in a minute. I guarantee that you are probably the person who puts the grocery list together. You're probably the person that makes sure that everyone has clean underwear. Is it folded and put away? No, but you can dig through the pile and find it. I guarantee that you are the one who makes sure your kid gets dressed in the morning, that makes sure that your family eats. And so if your house is a mess and you're a stay at home mom, and I felt like this before and you feel like I am home all day, why can't I get it together? Because you're carrying a lot of the mental load. You're carrying the mental load of the house and that has a, a secret weight to it. I didn't realize anything about the mental load until I got um, pregnant with Elliot and my friend, like sent me some TikToks. I know it's all about TikToks. I'm sorry. And was saying like, Brett, I think you carry a lot of the mental load and you don't know it. So I didn't even know what the mental load was. And I didn't realize that I, I'm the one. So you carry, this is like the mental load. And I think I've talked about it before, but here's just a reminder. If you're like, wait, what, what, what's the mental load? I feel like everyone knows it nowadays, but I went a solid two years before I knew what it was. The mental load is pretty much if you do all the adulting in your house. And I mean, I went from being single in college to living with my fiance and getting married and having kids. I never lived on my own by myself. Good, bad, ugly. I don't know. That's just the way my life path was. But the mental load is you are the one in charge of making sure one, everyone has clothes and everyone has clothes that fit. If you do all the clothes shopping for your house, I do. I shop for me quite a bit. My clo- my kids quite a bit. And my husband. If you are the one who makes sure that everyone has clean clothes, that means that you might not fold and put away the clothes, but you know where everything is. Like I could tell you which hamper your boxers are in and which hamper Mia's favorite dress is in why are they not put away hmm, there's only 24 hours in a day and i only have two arms if you make all the appointments doctor's appointments dentist appointments um even little things like if you need to call the irs like i do because i'm like where's my refund if you are in charge of just making sure the general information in the house is safe if you are the one who makes the grocery list does the grocery shopping meal plans for the week that is the mental load that also means like when you wake up in the morning let's say you don't meal plan i don't meal plan breakfast because it's the same like bunch of group but groups of items just like different varieties every day but if you are the one cooking breakfast lunch and dinner for everyone in your house every day of the week that's the mental load and If you're doing all that, but not contributing financially, you're pretty much giving up some of your sanity. And so I want you to know it's normal. I have felt like if I'm at home, my house should be spotless. Where the truth is, here's the secret. Here's the big secret I found out. One, if you work away from the home and your child either has a nanny or goes to daycare, it is still hard to keep your house clean, But you have a better chance because for eight hours of a day, you're not in that space and your child's not in that space. So that means for like two hours in the evening, your kid could play, but it's not all day wreckage. When you are at home 24 hours a day and your kid is at home 24 hours a day, that means everyone is using dishes all day. Everyone needs clothes all day because for some reason when we're home, we just get extra dirty. Everyone needs to be entertained all day. So that means toys are getting pulled out and put away. Crafts are getting pulled out and put away. Snacks are getting pulled out and put away. So if you stay at home, I'm going to say it was easier for me to keep my house clean, even though it wasn't clean because my priorities when I worked than when I was just like I'm at home right now. It's much harder. Despite the fact that I can run and do dishes on my 15 minute break, that's great, but I still have to cook with those dishes, eat with those dishes at the next meal. So the dishes are dirty again. Whereas at the end of the day, when I worked and I, you know, put the dishes away and did the dishes in the morning, you know, I might have a bowl of cereal. Usually I just took coffee to go and would eat at work. So one, there's no dishes there. The only dishes I had to take care of were like bottles and whatever we had for dinner. So it was much easier to keep like the kitchen clean. And so anyway, I, I just had to talk that through that. Cause I just had, I just realized this revelation that obviously it's harder when you're home to keep everything clean because you're living in it in real time. Okay. If you are a work from home mom, it is a hundred percent normal for you to feel guilty that you have to log hours doing whatever you do. Right. And, Also, spend time with your kid. So you might feel guilty for having to say to your kid, hold on a minute, mommy needs to type this email. Hold on a minute, mommy needs to answer this phone call. Here, watch this episode of Bubble Guppies while I'm in my conference call. Don't bother me. You might feel guilty about that, but guess what? It's normal. And I will tell you this. It doesn't matter if you are working. It doesn't matter if you stay home. It doesn't matter if you work from home your kid is going to grow up fine if you are loving if you're available and if you're providing whatever you bring to the table for your kid kids that have stay-at-home moms don't fare better than kids that have working moms kids that have working moms don't fare better than kids that have stay-at-home moms it's all different it's all just life experiences that's like saying oh people who are engineers have better lives than people who are scientists. Like, what? What do you? What is? What is a better life? It's all relative. So, anyway, I'm saying all of these things to let you know. Whatever you're doing, you're doing a great job, and it's okay for your house to be messy. No matter what you're doing, it's okay to feel overwhelmed. Even if you get to stay at home, it's okay to want a long time. Even if you worked all day. So I am, this podcast is never going to be for or against anything, unless obviously it's a bad thing that we're going to be against it. But I personally, my own personal decision was to go ahead and get the COVID vaccine. And my own personal decision was to get Moderna. Fauci got Moderna. So I just felt like I'm just going to go with that one. That one just felt like, you know, if I'm going to get one, that's what I'm going to get. Now, I do not want to argue with you. If you don't want to get vaccinated, great. You don't have to. Just wear your mask still and wear Gucci. Like, you're, you're good. But if you're somebody who wants to and is, like, wondering about, like, the breastfeeding side effects or any of the side effects, just let me tell you. Moderna is a mother, okay? I got Moderna and was on my, on my butt for two days on the couch, um... Like achy, tired, the the works. It sucked. Um, but Elliot obviously got antibodies from it. I might have tried to sneak me some milk to give her antibodies, but I was miserable for two days. Got the shot at four fifty on Friday. Then I felt fine, woke up the next day, felt fine, was like, oh, I felt like a little bit achy, but it was like, I can handle like this. This is nothing. Hit Come 11 o'clock, I was full on shaking. I was cold. Um, and it was a hot mess, but I got through it. <laughs> I feel great. Breastfeeding, my supply did dip for a day. I re- realized um, on Saturday at the end of the day, my supply was low and Elliot was frustrated. But... um I drank some Body Armors, ate some lactation cookies, and I figured that as long as he kept eating, my supply would come back to normal, and it is now Sunday, so that only lasted, it's not Sunday, it's Monday, that lasted from Saturday through Sunday, um, but he's also eating food now, so I also knew he would be able to get you know, he would be able to get food from other places, not just me. So that is a side effect. You might feel a dip. So if you're breastfeeding, don't panic. If it's your first time breastfeeding, don't panic. I knew that like anytime my supply was a little bit low because your supply could get low for for numerous reasons, right? Sometimes if you are about to have your period or if you're on your period, your supply could dip and then it'll come back up afterwards or maybe during. It just depends on who you are. um, So I wouldn't worry if you're sick, your supply might dip for a minute. Just my number one, my number one advice when it comes to breastfeeding is just keep, if you're able to have like a good latch and everything's like Gucci on that side, just keep feeding the baby because then your supply is going to do what it's supposed to do. Um, with, like Even like during growth spurts, your baby might be eating a lot and it might seem like they're like sucking you dry. That's good because what they're doing is telling your body, hey, I'm bigger now. I need more milk and whatever. So that just turned into a random breastfeeding conversation. But I wanted to point that out. Um, so if you want to get the shot, just be... The first dose, I was completely fine, just a little bit sore. The second dose knocked me out. So I strategically, my husband gets it next weekend. He's taking off Monday Um, because it is Monday now. I got it on Friday. We scheduled ours like a week apart. So one of us would be feeling okay with the kids and be able to handle the kids. But yeah, um, you're definitely going to want like three days for recovery. And after that, you should feel fine. I feel back to normal. Um, if you don't want to get it, I know there's all these things people believe about the shot and there's all these things people believe, like I respect everyone's opinions, um, and everyone's choices. I don't know if it was the right thing to do or if it wasn't, but Hey, it's my life, my decisions, just like it's your life and your decisions. So if you don't want to get it, that's on you. As long as you're wearing your mask, then, um, do you boo. Good for you. If you do want to get it and you're like wondering about the symptoms and the side effects, okay, shot number two is the one that's going to get you. And I'm sorry. You might not have any symptoms. I, do, I was one of those people that believed I wasn't going to have any, and I did. So, enough of that conversation because I know it can be polarizing, but I'm trying to make it so that we can stop being so polarized. Like, it's just like the flu shot. I don't care if people get the flu shot or if they don't. If you want one, get one if you don't don't i personally never get the flu shot never in my life i don't i don't get the flu shot i've never had the flu so it's like yeah i could get the flu but i also just don't i just didn't want to get the flu shot my whole life that's just my opinion it doesn't matter so end of that okay so i've been a true crime junkie for a long time, but ever since having kids, I've had to kind of dial it back because I was getting scared and, um, just had to like limit how much true crime I like listen to because I do believe like energies and everything. Like I want good energy to be with me and I feel like true crime might not have the best energy. So, but I still listen to like a true crime podcast sometimes and I, We'll watch a documentary here or there if I'm really interested. Um, but anyway, as since summer is coming and things are reopening, I just want to remind everyone to be safe. So, you guys know I'm planning a trip to Disney World. I cannot wait to go. I know it's not for nine months, a whole pregnancy, but I feel like Disney takes that much time to plan out because I'll tell you right now, I'm a super duper planner. And so like, Ethan is like, what are you doing? I'm like on the couch, like looking at TikToks and YouTube videos and making lists of all the Disney things. Cause I haven't been as an adult yet, which is crazy to think I haven't been as an adult. So for me, I'm not going to Disney for the rides. So that's taking some of the pressure off. I do want to pick a couple that I would like to go on, but because, I mean, and there's ones that the kids can obviously get on too. I'm going, me and Ethan are major foodies. We love food. We love good food. So I'm honestly going to Disney for the food. I'm not even going to front. And for the outfits. And for the pictures. And for the princesses. Like, I just want to take pictures with the princesses. <laughs> That's Elliot. That's the way he talks. It sounds kind of scary, I know. But I just want to take pictures with the princesses. And I want to eat some good food. I want to try a Disney drink. And like, that's why I'm going to Disney. So anyway, as the world reopens, if you are going to a theme park or an amusement park or anything like that, just some safety tips to remember, make sure you take a picture of what your child is wearing. Now, I hope that you don't lose your kid. Things happen, especially if you're going like with a group of people um things might be a little more busy, so just make sure kids wander off when they're not supposed to. Here are my safety tips that I've heard from other experts. I don't know their names or who they are, but I've heard it before. One is to take a picture of what your kid's wearing on that day. So if you're anything like me, I take a ton of pictures of my kids. I take pictures of them daily. Um And if not like every other day, but if we're going somewhere, typically my kids are dressed a little bit cuter. Mia's hair is done pretty cute at the beginning of the day. At the end of the day, she plays hard. You know, she looks completely (laughs) different at the end of the day, but I'll for sure take a picture. And that's good because if you lose them, you can say, Hey, this is what my kids like looks like. This is what they've been wearing today. Two is to don't just start screaming their name. Now you can because if they're nearby, they might be like, oh, crap. But if they're not, you're not, that's not going to help. You want to start yelling out their description. You know, um, six-year-old boy, brown hair, brown eyes, um, wearing a red shirt, blue baseball cap, like whatever you need to do because that will describe. Um, well, now, one, people are looking for a kid with those descriptions. And if anyone... You know, God forbid, grabbed them like how, like you know, tried to get a hold of them. They're probably gonna let them go and leave because now it's too risky. But also, you'll probably get reunited quicker because people are now looking for a kid with that description. Two is if your kids are old enough to talk, which I I, I highly doubt you would lose a kid that's not old enough to talk. But if you, for some reason, do teach your kids to go to a family if they get lost. I know. Find a mom and her kids, specifically a mom with with kids, because as a mom, if your kid, if a little kid or any size kid, I don't know, comes up to me and says, hey, I lost my mom. OK, I got you, boo. We're going to find your mom. And I am not going to let any old person come and take you back. Like when your mom comes to me, they better know your name. You better be like, "Yeah, that's my mom." Like Moms typically, you know, we look out for other kids. I've there's been plenty of times where I've seen a kid. I've been at um a place and I've seen a kid just run and I'll stop them. Like they're running away from their parents or they're like wandering somewhere. I'll kind of like block them off and I'm like, Hey, is this your kid? Like, Hey, I got you. I know kids are crazy. I I just wanted to make sure that, you know, it was okay for them to be going this far or whatever. And typically parents are like, Oh my gosh, thank you. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. It's a village. It takes a village. So teach our kid to find another family and then, or a park attendant. Um, I will tell you that if you're going to lose your kid, Disney's the place to do it. I know Disney's huge, and it seems like you should not want to lose your kid at Disney. However, Disney staff are trained. Disney is the alpha of amusement parks, in my opinion, and they are trained on how to handle these situations. But yes, so make sure you have a picture of your kid. Start yelling out their description. Um, and... T- teach your child to go to um, either a park attendant. But if you don't, if they don't see a park attendant, like quickly find the closest family or parents, and they're gonna help you, you know, reunite. Because knowing, like, any you, you guys are mamas and good people that listen to this podcast. Of course, you're gonna help this kid find their parents. So those are my advice. Um, loud, bright colors. I feel like are always good. I don't, yeah, I don't always do like a hat because my kids are at the age where they're just going to take the hat off. But you know, like a a six-year-old might keep a hat on and that's probably helpful. Um, Yes. So that's what I have to say about that. And also just for safety, me personally, I don't like to go shopping with both of my kids. I like to go shopping by myself, honestly, or with one of them, because I know how easy it is to get distracted. And when you have two kids or multiple kids, it's just even more of a hot mess getting in and out of the car. So obviously there's good areas, there's bad areas, right? But aside from that, um, like Target and Walmart just seem to be hot spots, for you know bad people sometimes to hang out because I think they know like moms women kids hang out or are, are at Target and are at Walmart so I try to go with one kid or with my family Um, because if you saw my husband like no one's gonna mess with him like no one's messing with him so I always feel safer if he is with me um, I talked a couple episodes about type like I married a man that I feel like I feel safe with I feel like as a family we're safe with and so like no one's gonna look at Ethan and size him up and think I'm gonna take him like that's just not gonna happen so anyway that is what I have to say for safety Elliot is crawling towards me upset so I guess I need to stop recording okay so I don't know if you guys have seen the goop lab with Gwyneth Paltrow and I'm about 15 minutes into the first episode and already crying, which tells me that I'm holding on to a lot. And let me just kind of, you're probably like, what is this coming from? But let me just give you some background. So the Goop Lab is pretty much like a, a, I don't even want to say business, but it is that Gwyneth Paltrow has. If you go to the website, you can buy like skincare. She does recipes and stuff, but I'm talking about if you do look at the Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow on Netflix, it is kind of like a docu-series that goes through uncontrolled Unconventional unconventional um, treatments and things. So the very first episode, I'm already crying, and I, I didn't think I was going to be emotional, but I'm an emotional human. Um, it's called The Healing Trip, and they're talking about the use of mushrooms and as a drug. So before you turn off the podcast, like, oh my gosh, Brittany's doing mushrooms. First of all, no, I'm not. Um, I'm just watching Netflix and watching people do mushrooms on, net- on Netflix. But Um, basically the idea on this first episode is that, you know, in the nineties prescription drugs like Zoloft and, um, other like depression medicine came into the forefront. And so the use of psychedelics as a healing drug kind of stopped. And so I'm not going to get into like, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. Okay. All I know is that In the episode, these people are, you know, taking mushrooms and the, the guy who's kind of leading them through it said, I want you to first, um, let go of anything that's like holding you back with your identity. First, let go of your name, then let go of your, your job description, let go of your gender. It's kind of like this therapeutic trip they're taking they say, let go of your name, let go of your job description. That's not really who you are. Who are you really? And then I'm crying. I'm like, I don't know. Who am I? Because I'm a hot mess, right? And so I think that we, anyway, so what I'm getting from this first episode is that we place so much stock in, in these aspects of who we are. And I blame social media sort of because of it. You know, we, we put so much stock in, well, like your name is fine. Like my name is Brittany. I don't, I don't typically talk about my name a lot, but for me so much stock in your job. And I think I thought about like, what does it mean, um, for me to do the work that I'm doing? And I, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough with my life because of it. Cause you know, I want to be doing so much more. And then I, that made me just question. Okay. So if you let go of your name, and this is just an experiment that you can do. So I'm going to talk through it. If I let go of my name, Brittany if I let go of my job description, all right, I'm letting that go. Who am I? You you can even let go of whatever else. Who, Who am I? And I think about the things that make up the pieces of who I am. I've been a crier since I was little, always been called a crybaby. I've been really compassionate and overly empathetic to the point of, you know, I care so much about people that it affects my emotions. Either positively or negatively. I've been one who can forgive quickly. Um, I'm a giver. And. When I. As I move through life. I. So often want to be in the spotlight. But end up in the backlight. Or whatever. Behind the scenes. Because I'm fixing the pieces of somebody else. So. So. Anyway, if you just, anyway, it's, it's an interesting show just because they're going through different, like controversial or not like, you know, out there healing methods. And I'm not like for or against anything. um, As I always say, but it's just like interesting to watch because it's things I've never heard of things I've never seen. But the first episode, I think that you can really get something out of letting go of these weird parts of your identity. And getting into who you really are. So like, yes, my name is Brittany. Yes, I do my job. Yes, I am a mom. Yes, I am a wife. And they make up huge chunks of who I am, right? These are the modes I spend the most time in. I spend most of my time in mommy mode. Some time in work mode. Sometimes in wife mode. But if you kind of strip that away, who are you? Let's talk about who you are and the life that you want to experience and live in. And so that was just interesting. It was like really therapeutic for me, actually, having some therapy watching Netflix. But it it really was because it just reminded me. I don't know about you, but after a mom, you can kind of lose your after you become a mom, you can kind of lose your sense of self and your sense of like, well, who am I? Um, what am I going to do in this life? And you spend so much of your time. You know, you raised your kid for 18 plus years. If you lose yourself for 18 years, you're going to end up empty at the end of it. When you become an empty nester and your kids go off and, you know, do go live their lives. So it's important for us to to pause and take, take time to be ourselves. And something I've decided to do for myself is um, I've always been a, a writer. I ever since like the fifth grade, I wrote run poem that did really well in school. And I wanted to be an actress, but wasn't sure anyone would cast me. Because I admitted that I wasn't like a starlet. Like I was like pretty, but I'm not like, you know, actress pretty. So I started writing my own screenplays because I figured, hey, if I'm the writer, I can direct and I'll cast myself. I know it sounds selfish. But anyway, so then I got involved into writing. And so I decided that recently, not that I'm gonna go off and be an actress and write screenplays, but I am gonna start writing freely because tip what I've been a lot of my life has been controlled since becoming a mom. And I think it's because of that's how you keep your house from falling into chaos, right? I need to be in charge of our schedule. I need to know what we're gonna have for dinner. I need to know what activities are laid out for this week. Because my life without some structure becomes pretty chaotic. But it has been to the point where it's been too rigid and too planned, and not as like free flowing, and creative as I would like it to be. That even when I sit down to write things, I come up with a plan. Well, I want to write a book about X, Y, and Z because that would f- that would fit this market, and this market would really like it. It's always about a market. What about I want to write this authentic story because I am captured by these feelings and emotions of these characters and this experience instead of trying to be so controlled because when I wrote in college, I took creative writing. This is a huge sidetrack and I ended up writing a couple of things, but the piece that did well and got published was just straight from, I don't want to say from my heart, but it was like uninhibited. It talked about something that my family was struggling through and um, kind of how I felt, like I felt like this, sort of like a shadow. And anyway, going on a sidetrack, but um, yeah, the Goop Lab is it's interesting. And I am actually really thankful for for Netflix because this first episode has made me realize something about my life. And I think as moms, we get lost in the day-to-day monotony of and I've I, lately I've been feeling like my life has been super monotonous like wake up start coffee log on the computer put Elliot on the floor give him some toys start breakfast check an email send an email log on and like I, structure and schedule is good I'm not saying it's bad but there hasn't been a lot of time in the day for me to let me just go take a walk and breathe let me go take a walk by myself and breathe let me take the kids it's always let me do this or that and My life has been so tightly wound, like I've been so tightly wound that Ethan's like, everything stresses you out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm staring at boxes that need to go into the recycling. I'm staring at dishes that need to be done. I mean, I did them this morning. But um, I just want to start experiencing life without the stresses of, what if Elliot has a meltdown? What if there's a blowout, What, like, what, I'm going to let go of the what ifs. So my, my theme for this week is let go of the what ifs and just do. Don't think about it. If I have a, a thought in my head, I want to go do this. I'm going to go do it. Um, I want to try this. I'm going to try it. Kind of like this podcast. It was kind of out of whim of, I want a podcast where there's, I want, uh, social media is so saturated with like pretty cute moms, right? And they're pretty cute houses. My house is, is cute when it's clean and it's clean once a week. (laughs) Like, let's be honest. My outfits are cute when I put them together, but I don't have time to do that. Like I wanted real mommy realness, right? Like I have a mommy body. Do I want to tell you how I lost all the mommy weight? Sure. But I haven't done that yet. And do I have time to do it? No. So like, you know, I just wanted it to be real. Anyway, So check out the Goop Lab if you're looking for like a little bit of therapy. I guess it was like therapeutic for me to just let go of these things that have been... Like the job specifically, if you've been following this podcast, you know I have like such a negative connection with it because I feel like it inhibits me from being the best mom possible, but actually it helps me be a good mom. We're going to Disney, right? We're going to be able to go to Disney because my job you know, allows us to have extra money to save for Disney. We're not, you know, hedge fund operators or lawyers or people that just have like a ton of money. Like we're average folks, we're average middle-class America. And, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I've been seeing that. as like such a bad thing. Like you, it's always like a race to be the elite. It's always like a, a climb to, to, to be the next Rachel Hollis or to be the next Oprah, to be the next Kim K. We spend so much of our life hustling. And I realized this when I, I was looking at pictures of Mia and videos of when we moved into our house last year. And, um, I was like, wow, that was such a special time. It was so much fun. When the world shut down, I was just letting it shut down for a while, for a couple of months. I, I was pregnant actually and had a lot of morning sickness. I was like, I'm just going to play with Mia. I'm going to live, I'm going to soak up every minute with her. And now I'm really focused on soaking up every minute with Elliot and with Mia. And, you know, the decisions that I have ahead of me with work are going to come when they come. I've been so stressed out about getting called back to the office knowing that right now I'm not prepared to leave Elliot, nor am I ready to start the transition. If I were to have to have a nanny or something, he would have to learn to take a bottle. He won't do it. And so I'm hoping that we'll be able to stay home for the rest of the year. And if not, I have big decisions to make. But that's not today's worry. And even the Bible says not to worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worries of its own and it's true. I'm staring at my bookshelf and I have sitting on the bookshelf a notebook that says let go and let God. And so I honestly have to let go of the anxiety of the future. Because I've been living in this weird place with my job for so long. Whatever happens, happens. Right now it's not happening. And they would have to give us notice. And I could either try to get him comfortable with somebody or say, listen, I, I can't come back to the office. I'm sorry. And, um, my family would have to make the adjustments there and that's okay. So right now I'm letting go and we're going to live our best lives and with no regrets. And I saw a post earlier today, like people get so upset when they spend money and I can be the one of those people. And the post was like, so you spent a hundred dollars on drinks last night, but did you have fun with your friends? Yeah. Great. So what's the big deal? So you spent $2,000 on a trip, but those are memories you're going to, that are going to last a lifetime. And, um, I can be like that with money sometimes. I've honestly, as much of a shopper as I am, I can be the frugal one in our relationship where I question every purchase. And Ethan's like, listen, did you need that? Yeah. Or is it going to make your life easier? Yeah. Then buy it. And I'm like, "Eh, but we could, you know... And, um, I think it's just this anxiety around, like, if we don't have, you know, money saved, then we're what if I have to leave work or what if, you know, and it's fine. Like I'm not touching our savings. We're going to be okay. It's okay for me to say, to buy a dress for the 4th of July. It's not going to kill us to spend $20 on a dress for the 4th of July. But I've been so, um, caught up on controlling my future In preparing for the worst that it's just made me like a stressed out cranky person and I don't want to be that person anymore. So thank you Gwyneth Paltrow for this Netflix docuseries that gave me therapy this random day. That's all I have to say about that. I was thinking about how I live in the world between Crunchy Mom and Silky Mom and as I was listening to the couple of podcasts that I listen to every week, I think it's about four that I listen to religiously, um, when they come out every week. It made me think about how other parts of the world operate differently and how important it is to travel and to see other parts of the world. For instance, in the US, depending on where you live, um, small town, big city, you know, the, the south, the north, the east, the west, wherever you live, different things are taboo. Um, some things are more open than others, but for instance, the issue of like breastfeeding, do you breastfeed with a cover on or off? Are people going to ask you to cover up? No one's ever asked me to cover up and, uh, I probably would go off if, on me if they have, because I'm not a breastfeeding cover upper. When Mia was first born, I tried it and then I was like, screw this, this is not going to work. Because if you are, like, over-sexualizing me, you know, I'm just feeding my baby. That's on you. So, but in other parts of the world, it's not like that. Um, it, in other parts of the world, it's normal to see men and women naked. And some people think, like, oh, my gosh, the U.S. is good. Like, we're more holier than thou. And... Um, Honestly, I was listening to one guy who came to the U.S. and was like, wow, it is super sexual here in the sense that everything that is like dealt with a naked body is over sexualized while in other countries, you know, a body is a body. Yes, there are times that they are sexualized in the media and things and obviously between partners and things. But for the most part, like if you're feeding your baby, cool, no one's going to bat an eye. Um, and I just think it would be interesting and important to study other cultures, travel to other places, and it's okay to incorporate some other way of life. I think we, I feel like sometimes we limit ourselves based off of our own societal norms and that can be kind of, you know, harmful and damaging. For instance, baby wearing, it's become super popular but when I was growing up, I don't remember seeing many moms baby wear. Um, and then when I had Mia, it kind of seemed like it was becoming more on trend. But even the last week I was wearing Elliot and he was in a baby wrap, not a baby carrier. The wraps are just so much more comfortable and easy for me. And this one mom's like, oh, my gosh, how did you do that? I was like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, tied the wrap on. I was going to show her how I did it, but it was going to be a lot of work, but um, just cause like I would have to lay Ellie on the ground and then like do the wrap again. And she's like, you do that by yourself? And I was like, yeah. And you know, baby wearing is how I've gotten things done. And in other countries, it's normal. Um, some people think, well, if you hold your baby, you're spoiling them. Well, yes and no. Babies need love um, and they will get used to it, right? Like a baby can adjust. This is what I'll say about babies. This is just my own opinion. I'm not a like psychologist or anything, Humans can adjust and humans have the capable, humans and children, and we're all resilient, right? So if you always wear your baby, then that's where they're going to be safe and comfortable. You can teach your child, hey, you can also feel safe and comfortable on the ground, with your toys, with a stuffed animal, just like um, if you bed share or if you don't, you can teach your child, "Hey, this is a safe space for you," and give them things that give them comfort. Some people give pacifiers. Some people do like a blanket, even though that's not super safe. Some people will do like a stuffed animal, and your the child learns, "Okay, this is my bed." This is where I sleep and I feel safe. But a child will naturally, just from birth, feel safe with mom. So one way or the other, it isn't wrong. I just like to go with the natural route. I'm going to sleep with you. I'm going to be your comfort. Like, that's fine. I don't feel the need to like, you know, here's a pacifier or a bear or something. Um, so if people say like you're spoiling, spoiling your kid... I don't think you can spoil your kid by holding them, by giving them, you know, that much like love and attention. I think you're just creating a safe space for them. And I think a lot of millennials, parents, we tend to, we tend to operate that way, which is a little different than um, maybe our parents and grandparents did it, but also acknowledge that not everything is spoiling, but they are repercussions and it's a choice. For instance, for me to baby wear Elliot or for me to always rock him to sleep means that he has learned that that's what we do. He has learned that when I, whenever it's time for me to go to sleep, I nurse, mommy cuddles me, and then I go to sleep. He's learned that. Now, I could teach him differently. You might give your baby a bottle of lullabies and lay them in their bed, their crib, And your baby might go to sleep. Um, And that's because you've worked to teach your baby that. So I feel like also another theme in America is the pointing the finger theme. Right now, everything is super politicized and everything is super, I'm right, you're wrong. And I don't think that's fair. And I've said it before. I haven't walked in your shoes, so what makes sense for you makes sense for you, and what makes sense for me makes sense for me, but it doesn't mean one way or the other that I'm right or you're wrong. What makes sense for me is breastfeeding. What makes sense for me is baby wearing so I can get the dishes done or clean up the house or do my job. What makes sense for me is, you know, you want to go to sleep, let's cuddle and you'll go to sleep. And guess what? I sleep better. I sleep better when my babies are beside me. I think it's kind of a natural thing, but you might sleep better with your kid, not beside you. Like maybe, you know, that scares you and you sleep better knowing your kid is safe on a flat surface in their crib. Cool. I feel like we judge so much um, other moms, other people, um, vaxxers, anti vaxxers. You know, you know, you vote this way, I vote that way. We judge so harsh on people from these weird little labels that we've created. But are these labels even us? I'm talking about sound like the Goop, the Goop Lab again. Really love. I'm really loving that Netflix show, guys. Um, but I'm serious. I'm serious in all aspects of. I haven't walked a mile in your shoes. I haven't lived your life. I don't know what makes sense for you. And if you need advice on something, then yeah, I'll give you advice from my experience. But understand, it's coming from my experience. So I was talking. To a mom, I've talked to a couple moms who will be like, Oh wow, you're just breastfeeding out in the open. I wish I could have done that. And I'm like, Yeah. And so when they have their next kid, they might just do it. And I've talked to moms that are like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool that you're able to just breastfeed like that. I really struggled. And I'll say, Oh yeah, I'm really thankful Elliot has always been a a champion nurser. But hey, with Mia, I had to supplement. So I get it. It's hard. And honestly, it is easy, in a sense, to breastfeed because the baby cries. You can kind of just like whoop a, <laughs> a boob out and feed him. But at the same time, it's hard to maintain supply. It's hard to, you know, make sure you're eating the right things. It's hard to, you know, I can't go out and do whatever because he needs me. So anyway, I just feel like we all need to, one, experience other cultures. And um, I'm actually learning how to wear Elliot a different way. I've been um using like a baby wrap you can buy like a moby um I don't know what they're really called. I guess a moby is like a moby is a pretty common one. I bought an off brand one I really like that has better stretch and give than the moby baby wrap, but I'm learning how to wrap him on my back with like scarves, and I'm just trying to learn because I feel like hey, just like in certain cultures, you know they eat different things for breakfast that that works for them or you know, every day they do this, that works for them. I feel like we can learn so much from observing others. I've always been interested in other people and other cultures. And then sometimes in America, we just get too comfortable in our ways, right? And we don't, we aren't exposed to things that could be helpful or, um, for our everyday life. So for instance, baby wearing, which I don't think is like an, it's not an American thing. It wasn't like America didn't find baby wearing. We didn't find that, That we didn't discover it, um, Anyway, so as much as I really, really want to travel to another country right now, my goal is still Disney, but the next stop is going to be somewhere with a different kind of culture to appreciate. Disney has like its own like subset of culture. There's like Disney culture, but I'm talking about real authentic culture is where I would like to go next. And I was talking to Ethan and I said, because we made this whole plan the savings plan for Disney. He's going to do this amount. I'm going to do that amount. He's going to cover transportation. I'm going to cover everything else. And if we saved like that every year, cause I'm not going to lie. This Disney trip is very expensive. Like we're dropping a lot of money to go to Disney. Um, cause it, it costs a lot to get there. It costs a lot to do all the things I want to do. And when I'm on vacation, I don't want to be like, Oh, I wish we could do this, but we can't. No, I want to be able to go balls to the wall. So <laughs> Um, but if we save like that every year, then every year we could travel somewhere cool. And so this year, Disney, and then we'll talk about where we want to go next. I'm thinking, um, I don't know, because like, I really appreciate not flying and yes. So I also want to point out that traveling with kids makes me nervous. I watch people do it seamlessly. I've watched Instagrammers and YouTubers do it. Flawlessly, They get comfortable with carrying the car seat on the plane. I'm too like frazzled to, to handle all of those items. I feel like, and I guess it's like I'm doubting myself. I could really, if there's one place I really want to go, like I really want to go to Hawaii, I could figure it out. Am I going to figure it out this year? No. And then by the time I figure it out, Will I need to pack a full on car seat for Mia? No, she'll be in a like her like a booster for a long time. Right now she's still in her convertible um car seat cuz she still fits it and she's still in the weight limit and everything for that one. But yeah, anyway, traveling's important and I think it's something we all should do. Okay, so now I've got some tea to spill about my weekend and how it seems kind of weird and metaphorical, but let me get into it. So first of all, I went to go meet up with a mom friend who I think she's pretty cool. I think she's really sweet. Her kid's really cute and I hope to hang out with her and her husband sometime soon. Um, I think it will be fun just to have like a little group of us hanging out. Um, so if you're listening to the podcast, I'll be texting you soon to schedule to hang out. But we, so I met up with this mom I met on the peanut app, and we went to this park for our first like mommy date right because it's kind of like tinder and so we went to this park and we're you know kind of just watching the kids it was a big part i felt really chaotic i felt really distracted and kind of bad because i wouldn't I, I wasn't talking as much as i normally would because there was just so much going around on around me so like we would chat for a little bit the kids would sit um elliot wanted to play but he couldn't because he was just a little too little for the park and the ground was like mulch is it mulch um. No, it was wood chip. Wood chip. Okay, it was wood chips. And here's where I want to just talk about bullies and kids. So we're sitting at the park. I'm telling you, it's about to go down. And I notice there's a grandpa and there's a mom. There's a grandma. And these people don't know me, so I'm just going to tell you guys the full story. Otherwise, I would be like mindful of people's experiences in life. But no, today you're getting the tea. So there's a grandma. Grandma is wearing a pink tank top, some shorts. She has a Kermit the Frog tattoo on her leg. She's blonde. She has a ponytail. She seems she has um, kind of like the look and face of somebody who smokes. You know how like people who smoke have a smoker's voice? So that's grandma. Not judging, just I need to give you a description of grandma. Then there's grandpa. Grandpa is older. He's wearing a baseball cap. I think he's wearing like an a army jacket, like camouflage or, or shirt or something. But maybe I'm making that part up. And grandpa's just minding his own business. Okay. So those are some people. So we're at the park and occasionally I notice grandma yelling at one grandkid to behave. Totally normal. Kids are wild. I get it make that kid behave. But I'm not really paying attention because I'm on a mommy date, right? So I'm also like watching other people. I'm watching this dad, you know, push his son and um, Mia falls off of the swing. I watched this other dad react to Mia fall off the swing. And I'm just like really taking everything in. Mia was not hurt. She was more upset that her hands were dirty. And I was like, yep, I have a girly girl on my hands. And um, she ends up being fine. And I was like, babe, be friends with that dad. He looks nice. Ethan doesn't want to be friends with other people. So Hopefully we go on this mommy date. The husband comes and we all hit it off. That's my plan. Anyway, so we're at the park and there are these cute little benches shaped like leaves and grandpa's sitting on a bench next to him, his grandson, I would say he likes to be like eight or nine is laying down. Now, I don't really know kids ages, but in my opinion, he's like eight or nine. He's laying down. He's wearing a blue shirt. He has the face of a snot kid, like a snotty kid. What I mean, snotty, like a little bad kid. And I, I know no kids are bad, but you know kids that are just mean and break the rules. He looks like a bully from The Sandlot. He looks like one of those little mean kids. He just look. He just has the look. Now I'm not like judging this kid at all, but I'm just giving you that because it just picked up, you know, from my observations because things are about to go down with kid, kid in blue shirt. Okay. Snotty little kid in blue shirt. (laughs) This sounds so mean, but I'm just saying he just has a mean face and he's wearing a blue shirt and he belongs to grandpa, I think. So follow the story. Grandma is in pink shirt. Grandpa is hanging around. There's a kid in blue laying on the bench next to grandpa out of nowhere, a bigger kid, like a heavier set kid comes, he's wearing gray shirt and some shorts and starts like roughhousing with the little boy on the couch, on the chair, on the bench, on the bench. And he's like pushing him down and like pushing his legs. And then he starts punching him in the face. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, Now this is happening about two feet from me. So me and my new mom friend take a couple steps back and we're watching and it it looks like it's getting intense. So at first my initial reaction was, oh, they're friends or they're brothers and they're roughhousing. But then it like turns serious. And I'm like, oh, this is like serious roughhousing. And in my head, they're still friends or brothers or something. So grandpa um, is like, hey, hey, hey guys, knock it off. The kids end up on the ground. Big guy is holding little guy by the hair and like wailing on him, like punching him. Little guy is punching and kicking back and they're full on fighting. Grandpa grabs the guy in blue, the little guy, um, the little guy who like kind of seems kind of mean grabs the guy in blue and it's, like pulling him off of him. The guy in blue is like trying to get out of grandpa's arm and bites grandpa and runs away. Grandpa's like, yo, why'd you bite me? He doesn't say, yo, he's a grandpa. He's, he's just like, Hey, why'd you bite me? And then the guy, the little guy, the not the little guy, the heavier set kid in gray is trying to go after the guy in blue. Grandpa grabs him by the hair and is holding him. And it's like, no, no, the kid is getting mad and still trying to get away. So grandpa grabs the kid's arm and twists it back. Now the kid's crying and he's like, let me go. So I'm watching this whole thing unfold. I'm like, wow, that, so what does it look like? The bigger, heavier set kid came and started beating up this little guy in blue. Grandpa this old man must be the guy in Gray's grandfather because he's grabbing his hair and holding him back. And he is, um, like twisting this kid's arm. Meanwhile, me and my mom friend are both like kind of getting upset because we're just watching this kid in Grey, like grandpa's holding him back and it hurts. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So two things. I was holding Elliot during this fight. Mia and Ethan are also at the park on the other side of the park. If I wasn't holding Elliot, I would have tried to break up the fight because like I could feel my, I had to like hold myself back because I'm like, wait, you're holding the baby. Don't get involved with these kids fighting. But I was about to go full on with my mom voice. Boys, cut it out. Now, you know, you know, I might be little, but I can put on the mom voice that puts the fear of God in you. But also I have this new mom friend. I can't just be whipping that out all out of nowhere. Anyway, So all of this is going down. We're both kind of mad, like, like, oh my gosh, grandpa grabbed that boy. And she says, see, that's probably where he learned it from. So we're both on the same wavelength. We think grandpa is grandpa to the little, to the thicker kid who started beating up this little kid, the kid in blue. Meanwhile... I hear a completely other story on the other side of the park. So people are trying to figure out what's happening. Um the blue kid is coming back. He comes back around. The guy in gray, grandpa eventually lets him go and the thick the bigger kid walks to the other side of the park. This is a big big playground. We continue having like a mom conversation for a minute, also kind of just processing what happened. Ethan comes over and I'm like, "Babe, you just missed a full on brawl brawl." He's like, oh yeah, I hope that big kid beat that little blue kid up. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, that little guy in blue has been messing with the big guy this whole time on the other side of the park. So I'm guessing the little kid is messing with the fatter dude because he's thicker. Like he's a little, he's a little chunk. he's, He's a little chunky dude. And eventually he gets fed up and like wails on him. I'm like, oh wow, that makes sense. And as I'm assessing the situation, it's all making sense. The little guy in blue belongs to grandma and grandpa. Boy in gray, where's your parent? Cause like, one, you're not gonna go attack another kid on the playground. Two, grandpa, you're not gonna touch my kid like that because I would've dropped kick grandpa, you know? Three, Ethan, was, if Ethan said if he hadn't had Mia, he also would've stepped in, but he didn't see the fight. He saw on the other side of the playground, the guy in blue was messing with the the, the guy in gray, the, the little chunky kid, the bigger kid, the thick kid. I don't really know the appropriate terms. So I'm like, wow, what is going on? Meanwhile, we hear that the little boy in blue, he's he's yelling bad words on the playground. And I told you, he just had a little snotty face, like a little bully. And that's exactly what he was on the playground. So, at this point, Elliot's trying to nurse Mia. Ha- we haven't eaten anything all day. Cause like, we, we kind of stumbled out the house. We grabbed some Starbucks. Mia didn't want to eat it. So it's noon. And I'm like, well, let's go. I'm going to nurse Elliot in the car and let's go to my mom's house and grab some lunch. Say so goodbye to my friend. And she texts me. The, uh oh, I just talked to the kid, the the guy in gray, the little chunkier kid. And she was like, he was crying, saying everyone thinks it's my fault, but it wasn't. And I was like, I had a feeling that little blue kid did something wrong. So anyway, I just witnessed this whole fight in the park and I'm like, babe, what do I can I go to the park by myself? Is it safe? Like kids are just beating up kids. Grandpas are grabbing children. Like, I don't really know about this park. Now, this park is lit, guys. It's fire. It is an amazing park. It has it's huge. There's a really big gazebo that's cute. There's a couple tennis courts. There's like a huge climbing thing. There's a ton of swings. There's a smaller section for littleer kids, and then there's like a bigger Section for big kids but both sections look really cool and anyway I was like this is a really cool park but I need to come back here with backup just in case anyway moral of the story is one don't judge a book by its cover because a lot of people thought just because the little guy was like the kid that was crying was the bully because he was bigger that doesn't mean it second of all you need to teach your kids to mind. And if they don't know how to mind, you better teach them how to mind. And cause that little kid bit his grandpa, the guy in blue, bit his grandpa was saying bad words around the park. You have, and I was like, you guys aren't going to tell him to stop, you know, cursing at the park. I have a two year old here. I have a baby like, and there's lots of other like sweet families kind of looking appalled. And I'm over here getting mad. Like I kind of wanted to get up in this conversation and be like, hey, what's going on? But it wasn't my place. And honestly, I, if I didn't have my kids with me, I would have been all up into everything, which is not necessarily the smartest thing to do. I know. Anyway, but my day had started off really good. So let me also tell you about how much of a hot mess I am. One, I, I told my mom friend to meet me at this park. I went to the wrong park, ended up being late. Two while we're at Starbucks, the people paid ahead of us. They paid for us. That's never happened to me. I do that like occasionally, like a couple times. I'm not going to say once a month, but like every three months I'll remember like, oh, maybe I should pay for the person behind me and I'll do that. Um, but I've never had it done for me and it was so nice. And then we saw this brawl at the park and then I saw these dogs fighting, later that day. And I was like, everyone is going crazy Memorial Day weekend. Like the world has opened up and literally everyone has lost their minds. But I just want to say thank you to my Starbucks angel who bought all of our Starbucks. And it was a lot because I had a cold brew. Ethan had a green tea. Mia had egg bites. Like that's kind of like a heavy Starbucks order, you know, because like Starbucks isn't cheap. So that was what I saw. That's the tea I had to spill about what I saw this weekend anyway before I head out I just wanted to let you guys know that like you really need to watch your kids and I really felt bad for the kid that ended up you know the the, the like chunkier kid because his parents weren't there so Ethan thinks he, his he lived in the neighborhood and just came to the park and um That's sad because it's like if his parents were there, maybe something would have happened. And two, I'm not like no one wants to be a snitch. But if somebody is like constantly picking on somebody else, I don't know if any other parents saw it. I would I would definitely have said something if I watched little blue guy keep messing with big guy, I would have corrected him. And I know it's not my place um, and his mom could go off on me but that's fine. I'm ready to take on a mom. No, I'm kidding. I'm just saying like, just try to your best. And I know some kids are more spirited and some kids are harder to discipline and it can be hard. And I don't know what his situation was like at home. I don't know like his, if he's like what his life is like. I don't know anything about why the little blue kid was using bad words or, and being mean to the the bigger kid. Um, but it was just really sad. The whole situation was sad. Um, I know I just like spilled the tea on it, but, I had never seen a fight like that before, um, in my whole entire life. I have siblings, like I have, you know, two brothers and a sister that bicker, right? My brother and sister bicker. They don't physically fight. So like, I don't know. I've never seen that. Um, I'm sure it's normal for our siblings to kind of roughhouse, but that was something completely different and they weren't related. So anyway, long story short, um, if you go to Disney or anywhere, Make sure you take a picture of your kid's outfit. Um, When you go to the park, keep your eyes open and always watch your kid because you don't want your kid to be a bully or to get bullied. Because if anyone messes with my kid, you're messing with me and my six foot 220 pound husband and you don't want to mess with him. Um, And take a break when you need it because momming is hard. I'm exhausted. Um, The Goop Lab on Netflix is amazing. I'm addicted And that is what I have to say for this week.